0: So a makeup guru mm. can get like sixty thousand dollars per video. Oh wow! You know, yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy, it's pretty insane. So it could go, it could be between ten thousand to maybe a hundred thousand um, dollars,
1: depending on the deal, what they're asking for. And um, sometimes they'll ask. You're listening to the Gangstar Creative Podcast, where we talk and share real strategies, real tactics, and real stories from me and my badass guests to help Gangstar Creators and artists like you thrive in both your business and life. And I'm your host, Ivana. I'm an artist, creative entrepreneur, speaker, and bestselling author. Are you ready to annihilate the status quo of the starving artist? If so, let's get it. Hey gangstars! I have something super, super exciting to share with you all and it's that I am gonna give away a hundred dollars and some free lunches. That's right y'all, some free food and a hundred bones. So basically, I just want to do something nice for you all since you showed so much love and support during the launch of my podcast. And also just during stressful and confusing times like these, I honestly just want to give back and spread joy. So I'll be gifting someone $20 worth of lunch every week for the next four weeks. And at the end of the month, I'll be giving away $100 to one of you lucky gangsters that participated. So this week's lunch raffle starts today, May 25th, and it'll end Thursday on May 28th. And I'll announce the winner for the free lunch on Friday, May 29th. So, I bet you're wondering, how the heck do I participate? How do I enter this raffle? So, all you have to do is go to my Instagram, at Devana Stimson. What I need you to do is, one, follow my Instagram, two, tag three friends below the post that is talking about the giveaway, and then three, go to my feed and basically share any of the Gangstar Creative Podcast episodes to your Instagram stories or even to your Instagram feed, and make sure to tag me in it so I see it. And if you want some extra brownie points and you want to add an extra entry, go ahead and write a review for my podcast on Apple Podcasts, screenshot it, and DM it to me. Again, my Instagram is at Devonna Stimson. And again, all entries will be automatically entered into my final big giveaway of the $100, which will be announced on June 26th. So head over to my Instagram, follow those three easy steps, and good luck, Gangstars now that we got all that exciting news out of the way, let's get to this week's episode. So this week's gang star is Anne Lay, and she made her mark in the YouTube space during the rise of social media in 2009 with over 1.6 million viewers from across the world. Her work has appeared in television and publications such as The Cosmopolitan, Vogue, CoverGirl, HGTV, The Morning Show, The Today Show, Tube Filter, and many more. Aside from creating digital content and working with Fortune 500 brands, she also consulted established and renowned brands like Chanel, HGTV, Disney, and many others on YouTube creation. I'm really excited to share this episode with y'all, even though I'm excited for every episode, but Anne is a really good and dear friend to me. And she's just going to be dropping lots of knowledge bombs and sharing lots of cool things with you guys. So let's go ahead and hop into the episode. All right, gang stars! I'm super excited for you to hear from a good friend, and Lay. And she is going to just share some valuable knowledge bombs. I know throughout this episode, girl. Thank you so much for joining me. Yay!
0: Thanks so much for having me on. This is quite exciting. What a project you're working on here
1: yeah i know it's been going really good and i've been getting a lot of great feedback from the gangstar listeners that have been listening so far since the launch of this podcast and with great help from awesome creatives like yourself like the momentum is just going to keep going so i'm really thankful to to have you on as a guest today
0: thank you thank you i just love this whole idea of getting creatives together And sharing our stories at the same time, like helping each other out, especially in this this world of, you know, business and being creative. That's just almost like a polarizing thought Mm -hmm. and idea that we often battle.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I feel like... You know a lot of creatives share the story and their craft way more than they share like the business side and you know that's not at fault to anybody because us as creatives typically don't like that side but that comes with you know the territory and i feel like more creatives can rise up if um, other successful creatives can share their ins and outs and you know mistakes and secrets that you know they've taken to get to where they are today so i'm super excited to dive in and have you share your story and everything
0: Sweet. Yeah. Same here. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
1: So first off, just tell our listeners a little bit about yourself. Who is Le- Anne Lay, and where did you start, and where are you today? Take us on a journey.
0: Sure. Jeez, oh, this is always like a loaded question. Is like,
1: I know, oh, a little bit
0: about you. <laughs> and you know, it's funny. I never worked on that elevator speech that people usually talk about. <laughs> and um, that's okay. It's, it's just a, you know, there's so much to. I don't know, like, to start, um, Mm -hmm. so, for me, I just kind of, like, you know, start off with, um, my YouTube, and that's mainly my platform where I kind of, like, started it at all, um, so this was kind of back in 2009, you know, when, um, do you remember what you were doing back in 2009? Girl, I was a (laughs) senior in
1: high school, so,
0: (laughs) 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 <laughs> it's so funny because um back into the, you know during that time like if I was to tell people oh yeah I create videos you know I make videos at home and people would be like what it's such a weird <laughs> thing you know
1: yeah that it's was like weird when thing. YouTube was really starting to come out
0: <laughs> yeah so like now now it's like everybody is an influencer and you know when <laughs> somebody's like oh I'm a social influencer I'm a creator you're just like oh yeah wow another one but back then in 2009 so this is like a social influencer or calling yourself a creator um a youtube creator or social creator um social media creator like it it was very you know like it was very unknown so um i was kind of like in the tax business at that time with my ex and I was just like that kind of business like I'm a creative person I like to Mm -hmm. exercise my creativity and I kind of let everything I wanted to do go like I went to school for fashion merchandising because I wanted to um you know I wanted to be in the uh fashion space because I love like you know making clothing I also love like uh the business side of it um you know getting creative with your personal style And Mm -hmm. so I went to school for that. You know, I thought that I was going to pursue that. um, But then like, it didn't feel, it didn't seem like it was going to be a, you know, a a sure thing. And so I put everything I wanted to do aside to help my my ex then with his business, which was like a tax accounting business. Mm
1: -hmm. And, uh,
0: you know, I put my all into it, but I wasn't happy because I couldn't exercise my creativity. I was just doing office duties, and then um, right around that time, there was a lot of other stuff going on too. Um, right around that time, like um, my dad had cancer, and um, when he passed away, it was kind of like a a moment for me to push myself out there. You know, it was yeah. just like I I had this little aha moment where. Well, I wouldn't say a little, probably big aha moment where I was like, <laughs> life is pretty short and, you know, get yourself out there and start doing something because I became a very private person. I kind of like suppressed myself into mm-hmm. thinking that um, what I wanted to do wasn't important because it wasn't providing or um, I just altogether, I just like believe in the fact that whatever I had to offer was not valuable. And so, you know, because that whole new life aspect of, wow, you know, um, life is short, do something that you really love, do something that you really love and enjoy and, you know, don't be afraid to get yourself out there. Um, And during that time, you know, I looked into some of the YouTube videos that were out there and there were like quite a few uh, YouTubers. Um, that made videos, and Mm -hmm. it was a a crazy concept back then because you're just like, wow, why, why should I put myself out there? Like, that's a scary thing, your face out there making a video. That's crazy, you know. And so I went for it. That gave me that push to go for it and give it a try. And um, so whatever time I would have, like on the weekends or at nighttime, I take out my point-and-shoot camera, and I, you know, learned um, how to do some of the technical stuff through Google. Um, and then I just, like, started filming myself, uh, uploading it onto YouTube without really knowing where, what direction I was going with that. Um, I just know that, like, during that time, I, I knew that I wanted to just do something. I wanted to share my creativity, you know? Um, mm-hmm. And it was mostly in little projects, like how-to projects, like how to... Uh, add ruffles onto your shirt and how to, um, you know, create your own things at home, like create things that you normally um, would find at the store and that would be so expensive, you could make it yourself, you know?
1: Oh, wow. And
0: so, yeah, yeah. So I was just sharing those ideas and, you know, I was kind of like a loner that time too, because it was just like, I was living in Massachusetts. It was like, freezing there would mm-hmm. barely like want to go I outside hate it, it was hard pass. to see people <laughs> <laughs> That's right you live out there too East Coast yeah, um, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. It was so depressing there. <laughs> <laughs> Super depressing. It was really hard to like meet people. Um so so I you know I thought this was a great way to like that time I thought it was a great way to connect with people and um, you know meet other like-minded people. And so when I started creating, um, I would get 10 views, maybe 50 views, and I would get a comment here and there, and it was pretty exciting to yeah. you know, have people like what I was doing. It's like, oh my God, somebody who can relate to what I'm doing. It, that was exciting for me. That was very rewarding. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, I continued to do it because it was fun. It was like, um, I was curious about it. It was something that was very different. And it wasn't only me sharing, it wasn't only about me sharing my creative project, my creative ideas, but the whole video making aspect of it was also a creative process. It was like a a medium of its own, you know? Um, And, you know, you learn how to create a video. You actually creating a feeling to that video and you're connecting with people through that, you know, you're sharing your, um, your, your perspective and your personality. And, um, that time I felt like I didn't have my own personality. I didn't have my own, um, you know, brand or my own, like, um, just persona altogether. It was just like, I, I wanted to have a voice for myself because everything I was doing, I was doing for somebody else. Mm -hmm. and um that was also it, it really helped me um become the person that I am today um but going back like just I started off slowly it was it wasn't like an overnight thing where I just um grew my YouTube channel right so I started in 2009 and um not a lot of people were starting around that time um and you know, I just kept on making videos, I kept on making videos, and there were a few ways on how you can get people to engage with you more, and I kind of caught on to that, because I was spending a lot of time online, too, you know, Mm -hmm. Um, I, so I was just kind of, like, looking, looking, like, to see what other people were doing to be more engaged, and I was giving that a try, Um, and that was, like, uh, commenting back, you know, um, to yeah. commenters and, or, or on other, other videos, like people who comment on other videos, you would um, comment or respond to them,
1: mm-hmm. like little
0: tips like that. Um, or you would go over to people's
1: channel. This is when
0: uh, YouTube was a little bit easier to use you would go over to people's channel and you would like comment and be like, Hey, how's it going? Come check me out when you have time. So I would do little things like that and it would get, um, and I would get more traffic that way.
1: Wow! And so
0: that was kind of fun. Yeah, that was kind of fun for me. And so, um, you know, aside from creating videos, doing, um, making videos, I was building a channel and, um, I I just started to learn a little bit about, I I think it was more organic back then, too. Yeah. And how you can, uh, yeah, yeah, and how you can, it was definitely more organic back then. Yeah, because there was
1: nothing nothing like that out there. And even how YouTube, like, used to look like, it was almost, kind of looked like a forum with, like, a video at the top. Like, the way that YouTube used to look like, you could have, like, a background and kind of, like, my space, in Mm -hmm. a sense, for YouTube
0: yeah yeah definitely it was more personable now it's just like there's just too much going on like all of these social platforms are all trying to do um they're all trying to do the same things and they're just doing too much um so so yeah it was very organic back then and i would just do those little things i guess you would call them i don't know like little hacks little tips um on Mm -hmm. how to drive people to your your channel Um, And then I also did, back then, Michelle Phan was one of the biggest uh, YouTubers. She's still a YouTuber. And I made a video video response to her video, and it was like a Lady Gaga um, video. And she did a, I think she did a makeup tutorial, which blew up. She went viral because of that. And then I did a response video. I made a Lady Gaga costume. And then... Um, because of that video, I started gaining more traction and more people um, started watching that video that I tagged um, her Lady Gaga video on. And then, let's see, I'm kind of, I'm sorry, but let me know if I'm jumping all over the place because there's no, just so I many moving parts.
1: No, that's um, good. I, I feel like you're, you're taking <laughs> us on that journey of like, you know, where you started and it sounds like that video was cool. kind of like that pivotal part in your channel. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I was. So it was just like, Lady Gaga was trending back then. Um, I can't believe it, right? Just like, God, did she do that a long time ago? I know, right? Um, So she was trending back then. And um, so that video kind of like got some traction through the video response. And then um, what happened? Oh, I kind of picked up on how videos were going viral. I just Mm. kind of like, I was just really into it. Like I was just like very curious. I had that curiosity of like, I mean, on the side, I was creating, I love like the creation process of it. I love the video making process part of it. And then there was a part of me that was just like, what's going on with this YouTube? Like, how can, you know, like, what can I do to grow this? You know, this can get somewhere. This is fun. Mm
1: -hmm. And so
0: I started to pick up like how people were responding and how people were reacting and different uh, little tips that other YouTubers um, that were pretty successful during that time, what they were doing. And so I thought, uh, and so I came up with the idea of like, you know what, I want to make a viral video and see how that would be like, let me just, um, let me just experiment with this. And viral right. video back then was just like, um, I guess it had a, another meaning of itself. Um, it was more so like, you know, just, it just caught on to a wave and it just kind of snowball, um, kind of deal. Right. Uh, so I went to the library and I was, um, went to the library and I was just going through a bunch of beauty books, um and then I came upon this one DIY, and it was how to remove blackheads um, from your nose. <laughs> That's so funny. <laughs> I, I, and a book you found yeah, in a library. <laughs> this is, and it, right? How ironic. Um, so this was back then when po- pimple popping videos, cat videos were like blowing up, like those right. were the viral videos. And so I was like, you know what, this has to do with kind of like you know just it's just weird and so i was like you know maybe i can make a video out of this make a weird video out of this. <laughs> and so and i you know like beauty tips were pretty fun back then too and so what i did i went home i took my camera out i set it up and um i bought some non-toxic elmer's glue and i i started putting it on my nose
1: I actually and remember it that, like, at- trend. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and so it would dry up like a Biore strip, and then you would peel it like a Biore strip. And um, it, that video went crazy. And so that video, I did two viral videos. I forgot. Like, I'm just, like, reliving my best, <laughs> reliving these days. I love now. it. Um, yeah, so that video went crazy, like, crazy, crazy. And uh, I started like really picking up because of that video. And then another video that also really helped me like just jump from like, just, you know, made my big loop uh, jump was a a hair video. It was like this, uh, it looks almost like a Dutch braid or something like that, but it was like more of a twist. And um, that video did very, very well. It was a hairstyle that I made up. Like, I don't remember seeing it anywhere else. you know maybe it's not my original idea but I I remember like I didn't see this hairstyle anywhere and right. I just was playing around with my hair and I wanted to come up with something original and so I did that video and then these two videos just kind of really really helped me um, do you remember with- any of the
1: metrics um, to those like were you at like a certain number of subscribers and then after these two videos you blew up to like an x amount
0: you know, it wasn't, like, just a one-time thing. Um, mm-hmm. I don't remember because, like, it was, it would just, it keeps on, ha- it just kept on happening throughout the years.
1: Gotcha. You know, okay. Like, so it was just, like, that momentum. So well.
0: Yeah, it picked up the momentum, and it was, like, a million here, and then all of a sudden, like, um, like with my videos, uh, some people are really, really good with tracking, but with me, I try not to overdo it um mm-hmm. just because then that would take away from being a creator um into more of an analytical kind of person and it would just take away my whole focus on what I really wanted to do and that was to create um you know with those funny right. viral videos that was just having fun and just seeing where things would go but um on the back end I just I, I knew that these videos were just doing well and I let them just snowball and then from there I just like Stuck to making videos that I really enjoyed and that I really love yeah and um so yeah so from there like it it just kind of like picked up momentum um I think I was like 50,000 subscribers and then like you know 60,000 you know when I hit my first 10,000 I thought that was pretty cool that Um, is pretty
1: cool shoot yeah I was just like wow that's pretty cool and then what year was that started in 2009 how like I think it was
0: maybe 2010 or 11 I don't know like it was a year so within like the the first
1: couple years
0: yeah yeah um but when I reach But then um, what really helped too, and that what really uh, within the YouTube world, um, what really helped build my channel too was doing collaborations. And um, collaboration is a really, it's still a really, really strong way on uh, building a channel, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, And back then collaborations were like, you know, they, they felt more genuine. It was more like, Oh, you know, I know so-and-so and And we didn't have to be together. We were just kind of shouting out um, each other's channel and um, that really helped drive subscribers. And these are strong subscribers. They're not like just, you know, um, it's not like, it's not, it's very different from paying for views. Right. Because Mm these people are already like they're engaged audience already. Right. and so these are like engaged you know you're you're recommending your strong engaged audience to go over to somebody else's channel and so collaborations are like one of the best ways to uh, is one of the best ways uh way to uh you know bring in traffic
1: yeah absolutely i would say
0: yeah on youtube and on um most
1: pretty much all platforms Has it been harder to do collaborations as YouTube has evolved? Or do you feel like it's kind of still the same? Or is it more, like, dependent on stature or the relationships?
0: You know, um, it's... I would say it it always felt that way. Like, it was always on stature, like like you mentioned. Um, Mm -hmm. Usually, if you have... And also, it's like a a common courtesy kind of thing, you know, like business courtesy thing too. Mm-hmm. When you're doing collaboration, is you want to collaborate with somebody who's kind of around the same um, the same level right. or the same you know, same place where you are in your in your your YouTube journey, <laughs> let's just say, no, or that's, you're, that's you know, or in business in anything. Um, So, uh, usually I would, when I collaborate with people, I want to make sure that we're both, like, we both have this mutual relationship and understanding that we're both providing the same, uh, similar type of values that, Mm -hmm. um, you know, we can both offer. Um, So, I mean, there are times when I would shout out other creators that have a smaller following than myself and that's just because i want to do that um so it's not like it's kind of like a collaboration but it's also more of a support
1: yeah um, so i would
0: do that at my own time but when it comes to a collaboration i want to make sure that the person that i'm collaborating with is also going to provide um the same value that i'm you know putting my time into as well it's, a, it's time investment it's a lot of work that you're absolutely you're doing um, it Plus, it's like, you know, you're putting your, and when you're recommending somebody, you want to also make sure that you do genuinely um, also like and support that channel as well. Um, right. So there, there has to be some sort of like uh, relationship, like genuine relationship. And what I find hard uh, through my, through collaborations is that, you know, and a lot of like influencers, a lot of creators talked about this too, is that um, and it makes a lot, and I think it, it makes a lot of people jaded in the, the space because like some people would just be your friend for the moment until they get a collaboration out of you. And then you would hear <laughs> from them after that. And uh, that has happened to me a few times where it's just like you collaborate and then you never hear back from them and you just feel used and yeah you kind of just like it makes you less excited to do your next collaboration you know
1: mm-hmm. um, but
0: then at the end of the day you need to remember that you know it is kind of a business as well
1: right and yeah that's what kind of my question was going to be around like when you do do collaborations I mean, I'm sure it wasn't like this back in the day, but do you, do you have to like set up contracts or is it just kind of like an email or messaging kind of agreement where it's like, hey, like this is what I bring to the table. This is what you're going to bring to the table. We've got to make sure we do our parts, um, that type of thing. Or is it kind of just like, hey, let's collaborate and then like see what happens. Is uh, there like... Yeah, logistical- yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was
0: kind of like a wild west. And I think like now people have, have it a little bit more put together and it all mm-hmm. depends on the person that you're working with because, um, you know, at the end of the day, most of these creators, content creators, they're, you know, they're, they're a small business. They're like entrepreneurs and they, um, they're figuring out that this is a business. And that's the thing that with the creative people is that, you know, we, you know, we're so focused on being creative that um, with the business side of things, we're we're just not that um, not all of us are that sophisticated when it comes to like um, planning and executing uh, that right. side of the business. So you know, some people are like they have it together, they have it down, they have it planned out. Like, oh, this is what we're gonna do, blah 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 blah. So my first collaborate, my first couple of collaboration, it was like, oh, we're gonna do this for fun, and at the same time, it's like we have this kind of, um, mindset about like afraid to ask because, you know, we want it to, it to feel genuine. So we kind of just like let each other do whatever, um,
1: mm.
0: you know, whatever that person wants to do with their channel. Cause it's really, it's, there's, you know, there's, a there's like this under like, I don't know how you would say it, like just this, um, this thing that you don't want to like step on anybody's toes especially when it comes to a creative project and I think I don't I think you could probably relate to me with this because it's like you know when it comes to like my channel is this is my personal style this is my you know creative like um my creative channel this is like Mm -hmm. my creation like you don't want somebody it's almost like a painting right you don't want somebody to be like hey you should paint this way right <laughs> right yes <laughs> it's yes. almost like that it's almost like you should paint this way you should add this color you should um, right uh use this in this media you know and you're just mm-hmm. like uh, there. you don't really know how to come about that but now um I think like for me at least um I figure out that you know if you lay it all out on the table first and then you And then if they agree to it, then you could kind of like, you don't have to worry about like asking for things afterward or making it seem like more business oriented.
1: Hey Gangstar, sorry to interrupt, but if you're enjoying this episode so far, stop what you're doing right now and share this podcast with your friends on social media or text it to a friend in your contacts. If you're a true gangstar and want to uplift and empower other creatives like I know you do, you're going to want to take a few seconds to do this now. Go ahead and pick your phone back up or click that browser tab that you're playing this episode in, hit that pause button and share it now. Hello, what are you waiting for? All right. Thank you for doing that. Now let's get back to the show. So it's just like setting those expectations, having that conversation so that one person's not like expecting you to do this or this and this or create this way without even talking about it and assuming that just putting it all on the table up front so that both parties kind of like know what to expect you both agree that you like each other's style and that's why you're trying to collaborate in the first place and it's kind of like this is where we do our thing and then this is how we can come together sort of thing yeah yeah um yeah that, that is correct um i know that
0: i definitely learned the hard way uh some like and some other people too, like just hearing other creator stories on like bad collaborations or collaborations gone wrong. It's like, it's, you know, not everybody shares the same common courtesy or understand what, you know, understand um, the, I guess, like the like business etiquette, basically Mm
1: -hmm. Um, the formal
0: way of, you know, operating not operating a business but more so like just doing a collaboration you know you want it to Mm be like where do you find that in between right and Mm -hmm. so some people would just you know they when you don't ask for stuff like some people would assume like you're okay with whatever they're doing and they wouldn't like they wouldn't give you a strong enough call out call to action as you would their channel, and it's just mm-hmm. like that's where things can go wrong, and then relationships kind of like <laughs> become saucy. And um, so, it's always good to save your relationship, too. It's always good to like plan it out, talk about it, and maybe like do some like Google document or something Absolutely. like that. To lay out, yeah, uh, yeah, l- lay out all the rules and stuff like that. I mean, that's what I started having to do because some or a lot of creatives, they're just kind of like they're very focused on the creative aspect of things so they're just like Mm -hmm. all over the place with like structuring um, a collaboration because that's a some
1: time you know to plan out yeah yeah. no that's good because I I think it's like one of those things you you learn from that experience and you you come to this collaboration all excited and then you kind of expect you know what the Mm -hmm. win-win is of it and then at the end of the collaboration it's like man i felt like i did this this and this for this person and i thought they were going to do the same thing but they did it so it's like how can i yeah. make sure this happen when the next collaboration and how can i you know open up the dialogue and you know make sure the relationship that i have with this person where i felt like it wasn't as much of a win win um you know still make it mm-hmm. work for something in the future yeah,
0: yeah. um yeah it is always a tricky situation, especially for creative people as well um, especially for create sorry the Fed, uh fedEx guys just stop by to drop off my punching bag <laughs> I <just laughs> got it, yes. um, Yay. so I think it's especially tricky for creatives because you know there is there's like that gray line like like you just you know that that gray area where you're just like. Mm-hmm. you know, I, I want to say, you know, I want to make this, I want to structure this as best as um, I can with this person when you're working with somebody, but at the same time, I don't want to take away from it being a genuine um, an experience, mm-hmm. a genuine creative experience. I don't know, have you ever come across a situation like that?
1: Um, where I felt like it yourself? wasn't genuine, like people were trying yeah, to it collab. wasn't genuine.
0: Yeah, but like you just feel like you're you're making it too much into a business type of relationship than just like a creative.
1: Right. Project. I don't Yeah, I don't feel like that. Because at least from my side, just because anytime Mm -hmm. I do want to work with somebody or collaborate with somebody, like I always have genuine intentions. Like I want to build the relationship. I genuinely want to Mm -hmm. like have the friendship. And of course, like you're not going to get along with everybody. So sometimes you're just like, Mm -hmm. oh, like that person wasn't like what I thought they were going to be. But I think for Mm -hmm. me, it's just like, you know, I always go in with good intentions. But then I also just know from experience running a business, like I have to lay out like the bullet points of like okay here's what i'm going to give out and this is like what we expect each other to give out that way there's no yeah. um, you know miscommunication or misunderstanding and everybody's happy at the end I just think it's safer and better that way um and even if like you feel like it's it can be too business-like. You can still frame it if you have that relationship, like, hey, you know, just want to make sure we're going to have this be like a win-win. So I just created this kind of Google document kind of outlining, you know, what I think would be like a good way to create this foundation for the collaboration. You know, if you feel like you want to take something out or add something to it, kind of like kind of like a, a contractor agreement, but not as formal. And then they just kind of make it more Uh, collaborative in that way too so for me like I still feel like I have to make sure I save myself (laughs) at the end of the day because I've done so many things where it's just like that was just such a waste of time or like I expected something for that person to do but then they didn't do it and it's just like uh, if I would have just did this instead then I probably would have like saved myself from that happening yeah so
0: so it sounded like you kind of learned the hard way at some Mm -hmm. point in your you know creative like uh, um endeavors as well i mean yeah that was something that i learned uh was to how to work with other creatives and um i definitely would recommend anybody out there you know thinking about you know uh collaboration or anything like that is to make sure to don't be afraid to structure it and lay out you know all the rules the fine lines of how this collaboration um how you would like to see this collaboration, and then from there, work together on, like, what you can, you know, put in or take out on that Google document, you know, Um, as far as what you guys can agree on together, but don't come about it in a way that's, like, super, like, I worked with this one YouTube channel, and um, she approached me to do this collaboration. It was, like, really, I was excited about it, and um, I like the fact that she was very organized, and we, you know, we got, uh a lot of the ideas and things structured before working on the video but then it got to the point where i felt like she was just controlling the project and right. I, I felt yeah, like i don't was want to do that right <laughs> yeah like controlling the project like oh no you should do this on your channel and it's like no i think you should respect me and let me do what i want to do creatively on my channel but at the same time like i asked uh, you know, at the same time, we should, it's a collaboration, we should both be happy with, you know, and I think Mm -hmm. that's crossing the line when people become a little bit too bossy, and that's something to be a little bit aware about, Um, make sure that you're not being that person that's like overly um, trying to micromanage everything.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. So we've, we've dived deep into a lot of like collaborating with other creatives, and like, everybody growing together from that level, what is it like collaborating with the big brands? You've worked with so many big brands out there Um, that you obviously have a ton of experience and knowledge of what, you know, a brand deal should look like, how obviously I'm sure you've learned a lot about how to obviously make it work for both partners in that. So what does that even look like working with um, top level brands as a content creator?
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, that's a
1: great question,
0: and um, so I, I also want to kind of like go back into to how I grew because I felt like I was kind of all over the place at the beginning. Um, yeah, go ahead. Or I kind of lost, like I kind of got <laughs> sidetracked. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> so with collaboration, that really helped my channel as well. So with the with the viral videos, with the interaction um, engagement. And then doing collaboration, I, I went to, I, I got to build my channel to 500,000 um, subscribers. Um, and I believe that was around 2011 or something like that. That's amazing. Tw- 2011, 2012, something like that. It, it took me a few years to get there. And I was like, wow, this is pretty cool. But it wasn't as impactful as my first 10,000 Mm. um to be honest it's so weird right isn't that weird yeah. like huge like like half a million It's like but for some reason my first 10,000 was more impactful than <laughs> my first 500 and so um when I reached my first 500,000 subscribers and during that time like I think it was around 2012 2011 2012 a lot of brands weren't really open or receptive to like um, influencers or YouTubers or online social media like that to them is just like uh, <laughs> a different uh, you know alien like it's just yeah. weird and so they didn't quite grasp it but my first brand deal was I remember it was like with Old Navy
1: and what? Um, it was sick.
0: A, yeah yeah <laughs> it was pretty crazy and it was like that time was like um, uh, I was like wow Old Navy I, I buy this stuff there you know and mm-hmm. my, that was when I was just like, wow, I could really, you know, I could really um, make something out of this, you know, I could make this into a sustainable business if I keep on going with this. And um, with O' it was fun. Um, you know, I had to work with a, a, uh, an agent kind of in between, like a middleman. Mm. So that was kind of hard to grasp um and then you know working with I think my second brand deal I don't remember I think it was probably Target but Target was like a pivotal I worked with Target a few (laughs) times actually and because I spent so much money there I was like (laughs) whoa like now I'm getting paid by Target freaking cool and so I worked on a few projects with them and um I got to bring my son into it too which was really fun um but let me see like most of those so most of these brand deals um i i worked through a middleman um, because they would approach these bigger like mcn's and um agents or managers like they've approached those people first before they approach uh, the influencer gotcha. um but there were a few like to i worked directly the people i'm trying to go back to think of who i worked directly with oh yes i worked directly with disney and I worked directly with HTTV. So um, HDTV that was a pretty cool experience um, and I was consulting them too. Uh, so it was a different kind of collaboration. I was working with them and I was also consulting, um, doing a lot of uh, like consulting on the YouTube side of things. And they were just like trying to get familiar with YouTube, how it works and um, you know if they should invest more, more time into um uh the space you know because that was like social media was still kind of like it was it wasn't super new during that time but it was and um that was pretty fun that was pretty fun to like kind of like help them with um that aspect and i was open to some opportunities um to do a one of to be in one of their shows um yeah it was a really fun opportunity because it was very different like i would do some things for their their youtube channel and then i would do some things for um their other pro like do other projects for them and it was a mix of like working with them and then also helping them along the way um and they were pretty cool people you know they're creative they were easy to work with very nice people um and Disney was a similar experience too. I, I really enjoy those people. I really enjoy my relationship with like most of these these people. They were like, you know, with these bigger companies, they have their own um, department basically mm-hmm. and their department specialized only in social media. So they would kind of like branch out once they get the budget to develop a social media um, department. Um, then these people like really focus on, you know, bringing or learning about the social media space. And usually with these newer departments, they don't have a big budget to work with. And plus they're not like as important because this is a very new, um, it's more experimental for these bigger companies. And so um, for them, it's like, you know, it, it, it's almost like they're dipping their toes into the space. And um, uh, for me to be there during that time and to help them was kind of cool because um, to see how these big companies work and to see how, you know, they start, um, what kind of like how they, how they kind of like, uh, how they kind of like start things and, you know, it's very interesting you know from 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 us just the way they do things compared to how how creators do things is very different because everything has to go through like a million other people before something bureaucracy
1: of like a corporation versus just like a solo creative solar business owner Yeah. yeah
0: yeah and so like if I have to do like a video project for um a brand it's like it would take me like days to film but if wow. I had if I can film something myself it would take me like one day to film you know and mm-hmm. it's just like the time that's involved it's just like it's crazy how it's crazy how a corporate compared to like just a you know just an individual operates it's like it takes up so much time like so much valuable time
1: <laughs> yeah you no, I know I bet lose something what is what does that time frame look like so like they approach you and you you know you hash out the agreement and then you agree on a creative like a brief and then you create the project and then like it's like from beginning to like launch of the creation and collaboration does that take usually like a couple months or do some of them take like a year before you see like the thing that you collaborated on or is it typically like shorter windows
0: yeah for sure um it's so different uh for each brand mm. so um because you know they're all asking for something different and they're all like experimenting with something different so i know that the 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 time frame is usually very very short in the youtube space it's like we're mm-hmm. not given a lot of time they think that we could just like make a video and then upload it straight onto um you know onto the internet it's like no it doesn't work that way it's it's also a production of its own but the time frame is usually very short um and there's just a lot of back and forth so i would they would approach me uh either through um, my manager you know or my agent um and then or they can also approach me directly if they find my email um they would approach me directly and so if they approach me directly, the conversation's a lot easier. It's back, mm-hmm. you know, a lot easier. And um, we go through the no- negotiation part of it. Um, the negotiation part of it is always, you know, it's, it really all depends on the project. Um, but I feel like something that I've been pretty good with is the negotiation part of it. Um, really? because I wasn't afraid to ask for what I felt like I bring to the table.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, yeah. Cause a lot of people, uh, during that time when YouTube was like a wild west, it was like we really didn't know how to deal with brand deals. And so we would call each other and we would talk to each other like, Hey, what are you doing? What are you taking? You know, what are you asking for?
1: Uh, um, that, that was something
0: that we had to, yeah, that was something that we had to do. And it was great to have that support, um, you know, now people don't even want to share what, how much they're making or, you know, very mm-hmm, little mm-hmm. people, you know, like some would share, but like a lot of people will keep it as a secret. But back then we didn't know anything. So we would like all share information, as much information as we possibly can on how to work with these bigger companies, you know, so we mm-hmm. don't get taken advantage of. Um, and so, you know, there's a negotiation process. And so you kind of, like, once you have an idea of, like, what's the standard price um, that's out there, what kind of budget, um, you know, that there, you know, what kind of budget that you can work with and um, mm-hmm. what amount of time and value you can provide to them, um, then you could kind of, like, structure out your, your, your deals, Um And after the negotiation process, that's when, you know, things start to happen, whether if they, they have their own film crew, usually they have their own film crew. It's like a headache process because you're, you're letting go a lot of your creatives and you're allowing this. Like I, I've done a mix of projects where the company have their own film crew and my viewers, reacted in a more negative way towards that than me filming and editing my own stuff yeah like I did one uh, back to school series and people were just like this is so fake you know like they had these um, other people on my channel and like my viewers want to watch me they don't want to watch other you know people on my channel like pretending to act and so (laughs) I got more negative feedback um, from that Compared to me, just making a video that I, you know, just from my perspective, from my point of view, um, from my creative, uh, creative, uh, you know, outlook.
1: hmm
0: Yeah. So I don't know if that answers your question. But, no, that um, does.
1: No, that. Was- yeah. Okay. What can you share? Obviously, you probably can't share like how much you made from specific projects, but like for somebody listening who doesn't really know the potential of you know, how much you can make from a brand deal, what does that range look like? Or is there some insight that you can share? Like if you're doing this type of brand deal, you can typically get this X amount off of this type of brand deal, or if you're doing this, et cetera, like what is, what can you make from doing brand deals? Yeah, absolutely.
0: I mean, this is valuable information. I feel like not a lot of people talk about,
1: Um, me neither.
0: (laughs) but at the same time, the industry has changed tremendously. And so Um, it's really hard to, you know, it's really hard to kind of like get an idea of what to ask for. I think at the end of the day, you could just like um, see what you're okay with. But that's been like, when I started, I mean, like my channel was always like changing. Um, But people base a lot on subscribers and views. And like when I was really active on my channel, um and my views were pretty strong it's h- really hard to tell too cuz some videos would take off and some videos wouldn't and usually the videos that don't do well are usually the videos that the brand tried to control the most and the videos mm-hmm. that usually do well are the videos where like the brands are more chill relaxed and they let you do your thing because they trust and believe in you you know mm-hmm. so Um, I'm kind of getting sidetracked on what makes a successful brand deal. You know, I feel like this is important too. And it goes, you know, it goes hand in hand with what um, your question, uh, with your questions. Um, So to get a successful brand deal, you know, the brand usually should do their research and see, you know, uh, what kind of influencer, what kind of creator uh, resonate with their brands first. Mm. And then when they reach out to that creator, you know, they should come with an amount of trust trust that you know this creator is going to represent their brand in the way that they want you know um they should ask if they're trying to sell something or if they're trying to just raise awareness on their brand Mm. um so yeah usually some brand deals they want you to sell stuff and they want to see you know a return on investment and other um brands they just want to raise more awareness on something that's new and that's coming out um so um, usually a successful brand deal is when the the brand believes in the creator and let the creator just like allow the creator to, um, share their, share their brand through their point of view, share the brand through their point of view. Um, and that's usually the best way to do it because, I mean, first of all, that's why they're coming to us is because we're sharing it through, uh our point of view, you know, it's not like a commercial. Mm-hmm. It's not like something that's um that that's scripted. Um and so when they try to take control of, you know, the overall creative um of the the video, that's when it becomes it becomes too fake and not genuine and, and that's when people can just read through it and they would just feel like, oh this is just a scripted kind of like video. It doesn't feel real.
1: Um, right. those videos
0: don't do well. So um, it really depends on that to, for a a good, for, to see a successful campaign. But mm-hmm. going back to um, what you were saying, uh, brands can, you know, I'm trying to find a mark because back then when you were doing videos between 100,000 to 200,000 views, you can get between in the world of YouTube, I don't know about Instagram. Um, mm-hmm. You get around ten thousand dollars or more, you know. Oh wow! Um, yeah, so uh, some YouTubers are pretty open about their videos. Um, the girls that would make like uh, views around three hundred thousand to six hundred thousand views per video. The makeup girls, makeup actually, the makeup industry—they make better brand deals. Like gamers who get like, let's say almost a vill- million million views right they probably won't yeah. get paid as much as a makeup guru so a makeup hmm. guru can get like sixty thousand dollars per video oh wow you know yeah yeah it's pretty crazy it's pretty insane so it could go it could be between ten thousand to maybe a hundred thousand um, dollars depending on the deal what they're asking for um sometimes they'll ask for you know a round of socials like oh we want you know two instagram posts we want um Uh, you know, Instagram stories, we want uh, one post on Facebook, we want two tweets or something like that, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So it really depends on how they structure the deals too.
1: Um,
0: But back then deals were pretty good. And I would have to say now they're not based on what I've been like hearing, um, probably the makeup, makeup youtubers are probably doing still doing well just because the makeup industries and you know it's just the beauty industry is like um they have money basically Mm -hmm. um they have that kind of budget but because these beauty brands they uh they kind of like these beauty brands are already established like they start establishing their own um, their own social media accounts so they don't really need to pay that budget anymore and the fact gotcha. that now a lot of influencers are just taking whatever, that kind of ruins the, it kind oh. of, it kind of like takes away from um, Dilutes, the power. Like, that the pot. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's just like, you know, like, it's almost like there's no union, right?
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: it's almost, it's still like a wild west out there where um, some people would just take whatever. And, um, of course, like as a business, you want to look for these micro influencers that would take less than, um, these bigger uh, influencers or, right. um, so, so now people are taking deals that are next to nothing. And that's just, um, so it, it's really hard to say like how much people are making now and how much you can yeah. ask for, because it's just a wild, there's no union or anything like that. There's like, it's just a wild... The wild place out
1: there. That's so great that you shared that too, because I mean, that's a big reason why I always ask questions around like money and stuff, because I feel like a big reason mm-hmm. for that is because not enough people talk about it. So they don't know what the benchmark should be, you know, like people want to be shy about mm-hmm. it. But then at the end of the day, I believe that it hurts the whole creative ecosystem, because if we're not sharing, you know, what we want that standard to be, then we're all kind of like letting each other down and kind of letting it other people get taken advantage of it's yeah. Just even like in the fine art space there's artists that are you know doing work for free or like painting a whole big like mural on a wall for less than two thousand dollars and it's just like you spent like a whole week and x amount of change on supplies and you're not even getting actual profit off of painting a big ass mural and it's just like it's because yeah. people don't really know what to charge and you're just learning from experience so I think it's, it's good that yeah. you kind of shed light on that.
0: Absolutely. I mean, like that happens so much. There were a few times, um, quite many times I would turn down deals. Cause I feel like they were just taking advantage, you know, they were, mm-hmm. although like the money seems good, but they were just asking for, you know, they're just asking for me to kind of, um, you know, cause also when you are the cre- the creative, like you're putting your face out there, you're putting your name out there too. That's yeah. going to be your, this is your brand that you're putting out there. And when you're just selling yourself, you know, you're selling yourself to these companies, you have to know what you're going to get yourself into because this can ruin you. And it can, um, you like all, like for me, it took me all this year to earn the trust of my viewers. Like, do I really want, is this money worth it for me to kind of lose their trust? You know? Right. Um, so Sometimes the money can look good, but you know what they're asking for can be very unreasonable, and or sometimes like is the time worth it? You know, Um, Mm -hmm. like you say, they'll just pay next to nothing, or some people think like, and companies do this a lot too. big brands do this a lot too it's like oh we want to have a long-term relationship with you like they'll bring up that bullshit right (laughs) it's like oh we want to have a long-term relationship with you and we want to work with you and then they ask for nothing and you're just going to be like you're like oh this is great for my portfolio right like oh my god I, I get to say that I'm working for this big brand and that's when you have to kind of like weigh out the option I mean maybe that makes sense for you like when you're starting out and when you're not making a lot of brand deals, maybe mm-hmm. it, it will be good for you to do things for free or do things for less. So that way you can right. build that portfolio. Mm-hmm. But if you know your worth, like kind of have an idea of where you're at um, and your reputation, the reputation that you want to set for yourself um, and the time that, you know, like if, if they want to pay you next to nothing for a project. um and this is like a well-known company, well-known brand, like, do you really want that for the portfolio or can you invest this time into another project that um, will have a better effect for you
1: in the long term? or, you know, it's just a lot yeah. of things that you have to consider, a lot of moving parts. No, I love that. I think that's, that's really good insight on, on, on that topic. Do you have like, do you have, or try to have like a certain, different types of streams of income for your creative business. I know like you obviously have your YouTube videos, so you have like your ads, you have your brand deals, you have a product, your creative minds journal, if everybody listening mm-hmm. should definitely get themselves one, um, cause it's really <laughs> dope. Um, and then I just oh, saw that you. you're creating like a uh, co-creative minds where you have some like printoutable, something looks like a project you're, you've been recently working on. So that's like another stream of income. Um, what does that look like? for your creative business
0: yeah so my stream of income used to come from you know the monetization um which wasn't like the main stream of income it's like you know from the views and all that kind of stuff but Mm -hmm. we all know how unreliable that is now with like the change in algorithm that could change overnight and right um, i'm less active on my social media i actually just stopped everything um during this quarantine like well a week or two ago i just kind of like stopped on my social media um and like i made most of my income from brand deals and um you know i am not rushing into anything like the creative minds was more of a passion project for me Mm. and so that's something that i have on the side and that i'm evolving it into the cocreativeminds.com that's the site that you saw so i'm working on that but um i you know like as far as like having a, a a plan to create like other sources of income, I don't have a good answer for that because um, I'm not doing that. <laughs> mm-hmm. I am I, lucky that I'm very fortunate that I can take a break. And that's what I'm kind of doing now is like allowing myself to slow down because I've always been that person that's like doing one big project after another or handling like many big projects at the same time. And okay. I have that point of burnt out and I experienced that. And, uh, you know, to the point where I was in a hospital for three days, three nights. Mm. Um, so, you know, I, I'm at a point in my life where I'm allowing myself to slow down and be okay with that because it's so hard when you're like that person that's like always um, or you're trained to always think that you need to like have the next big thing waiting while you're right. working on one big thing, you know? And Mm so I'm actually allowing myself to slow down. So that way um, something that feels more authentic and real can come through again, because that was when, whenever, like when my YouTube um, picked up my YouTube channel, my social social media presence, when that became big, like I was at a place that was like at a place of like just pure, just curiosity and enjoyment I wanted to just like do this for fun and then once it became like something that was like a business where it's like oh my god I have to like um you know pump and grind like every freaking day (laughs) it was like that took away from like that mindset of creating and so I want to get back there so that way it can have a better effect on me for the long term um, instead of feeling like I need to jump into the next big project. So I don't really have an answer for anybody who's looking for, you know, to build income on the side. Um, my best answer is just like, if, you know, if you start from a place of like, um, like a place that's genuine, and that's a place where from curiosity, you know, that's where you can get fully creative. And that's where you can um, put out the best that you can possibly put out like the best project the best ideas you know whatever you're working Mm
1: -hmm. on oh no Mm -hmm. I think that's that's a great insight on on that and I think you you gave a lot of value in that I mean just hearing you know how you do make money and then how you kind of saw that all right I'm working too hard I need to focus on myself because I feel like every every creative and every entrepreneur honestly (laughs) kind of hits that peak if not multiple times throughout their entrepreneurial journey yeah have all these highs but when you hit those lows it's like whoa like why am i letting my health you know get you know uh, hurt from this why am i letting my relationships get hurt from this most most importantly my peace of mind Mm -hmm. you always have to have like you know that pause and break to really reflect and work on yourself because if you're not focused on yourself and your life during times like that then you can't really give the best of yourself to the world and your audience and to those people who are closest to you. So I think that's just as important.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, they say that creativity comes from um, your right brain and usually your right brain is your more conscious side of your brain. And whenever we're exercising that conscious um, side, that's like our flow side. Um, And whenever you feel like what I, what I come to notice when I was working on creative mind is that, When people get stuck is because we're exercising too much of that analytical side, which is the left side. And that's why we're always like torn between like our thoughts and how we really feel our instinct. It's because we're battling each other constantly, you know? And Mm -hmm. to tap back into that creative side, you need to quiet down like that thought process. I mean, you can't shut it off, but you could quiet it down in order to get back into the flow of things. And, um, you know, having a creative, you know, being able to exercise as a creative, being able to exercise your creative side is such a blessing because, you know, that's when you could give your mind a break and really tap into being more conscious, being more in the moment and, um, just kind of like living you know in the present moment yeah. of like creating and uh, that, that's a beautiful gift that we're given a lot of people have a hard time like everybody can be creative but people just have really really hard time like um finding that balance between like left and right brain thinking
1: yeah it sounds like too like um just being more mindful and Just uh, looking, I was taking a look at like your YouTube channel and seeing like the evolution of like your videos from the beginning and like what type of content you're creating now. It seems like you evolved a lot. Obviously, everybody should, (laughs) you know, over 10 years, Um, but the content Uh that you've been creating now has been more focused on like living mindfully and more minimalistic and, and things like that. Has that been something that has, you know, impacted you in a certain way or even your creative business in a better way?
0: Yeah, for sure. I mean, um, you know, I just, I was very curious because I noticed that a lot of us, I'm pretty sure a lot of us, we suffer from overthinking, you know, it's something that we're always, and more people are more anxious these days. And, and that was something that happened to me when I started to just allow myself to always be busy. I was just like, always constantly more anxious. And that made me less, of a creative person that made me less like able to flow with my projects. Like I always felt stuck. I always felt like I was getting nowhere. I was like, where is this, where's this motivation? Where's this inspiration now? You know, Mm -hmm. because I was like allowing myself to overthink and getting anxiety over something that hasn't happened yet. And that's basically what anxiety is. We always get stuck in this, this left brain of thinking of like, Oh my God, uh, like what's the future going to look like for me? You know?
1: Mm -hmm. And so,
0: um, I just been more curious about that lifestyle. And I really do believe that we should take care of, um, not just our mind and body, but our soul. And I'm in that place right now of just like really, um, wanting to care, you know, take care of that instead of just taking care of like the exterior, my exterior world. It's like, oh, it's now time to really take care of myself internally and like really understand and bring more awareness into the things that I'm doing instead of just pumping out um, projects one after another um, just constantly working 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 without being like fully in the moment and in the present because like life is so short again going Mm -hmm. back to that whole you know whole life is short thing it's like we don't know like what's going to happen tomorrow like are we living our lives like to the best that we can, you know, and that's mm-hmm. what I want to, um, that's what I want to do. And that's what I want to, uh, kind of understand more a little bit about is just being more, um, present. I mean, it may sound more, it may sound a bit woo-woo, whatever it is, but really, um, uh, yeah, I'm at that place where it's like, you know, less, less, you know, less, uh, grinding and more just being quiet and, uh, uh, going internally and just understanding myself better.
1: I love that. And I love that you've been able to also share that self-reflection and journey with others and in ways that other people in your audience can implement it for themselves too. So that's, that's really awesome. Thank you. Thank you. I mean, I don't know if people
0: are, <laughs> um, my audience to relate to that because it's so different from what I, uh, I did before. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know it feels the most authentic and genuine to me and that was the main that was one thing that burnt me out it was because I was I after a while when my channel started growing like past a million I started make, making content for people making mm-hmm. content that I know would um, people want to watch and that would bring in the views and I stopped making content that I enjoy and so um, that brought me to a place where I was just like
1: anxious all the time and I, I wasn't enjoying the work anymore. I feel like a lot of people go through that, that creative burnout and yeah. you see a lot of people are YouTubers <laughs> that like had to take breaks and do all of that. So the you know, beauty of life, duality. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right. Yeah. What are some,
1: yeah. um, what are some parting advice or tips for the creative that's listening right now that is either on that path of, you know, building a brand and everything on YouTube, becoming a content creator for that person who hears your story and kind of want to, wants to do the same thing? Hmm. Um, it's kind of, that's a great question. Um,
0: you know, I did, I talked a little bit about that, just, um, you know, what we just, I, mean, I kind of covered a little bit about that, just uh, in our um last conversation but it's mostly like you know don't rush into finding always like trying to identify yourself with like being a certain type of somebody or like finding that identity as your brand right away because we're always evolving and um, when you try to find, like, a quick identity, you're not going to stay true to who you are. You know, you're rushing into what people want from you. You're rushing into mm-hmm. thinking um, what you should be instead of what you want to be. So mm-hmm. I really, you know, suggest for you to, like, really understand yourself without identifying yourself in in other eyes through other eyes like identify yourself through you like go within because that would have a better long-term effect than just like you know like oh this is doing well like people want to see you know this kind of art or people want to see this kind of content and if you do that yes that may work but it's not going to work for a long time and that's going to put you in a place of like uh, feeling lost again and confused you know if you do it do things slowly take your time like that's going to give you the best results. Um, if you don't just like rush into projects and you don't just rush into finding who you need
1: to be in this like fast going, um, fast going world. Mm, that's, that's really good. And do you have any, um, any like, like the top two or three things that they could be doing right now as they're obviously taking in what you just said about, you know, finding themselves and figuring that out, but also, Um, I don't know, growing their audience or their views or connecting with their audience. It sounds like you're really good at that as well. Um, Just any uh, tactics or top top two to three things that they could be doing to help grow their brand? I would say if you really, really want to, if you're like midway
0: growing your brand, you're excited about this, you know, um, Mm -hmm. I would say have a library of things, you know, don't just like start throwing things out there, like have a library of like content that you want to um, represent, that you want to show, that you want to share, don't just like throw it out there,
1: Um,
0: and, and when you have that library of content, you know, you, you should know how you want to execute this. Um, a lot of creators, including myself in the past, um, we tend to just like, you know, take a photo here, take a photo there, post it one day, next day, and it's just like, it's just kind of like, you know, we go when, we, you know, we'll just do something as we feel like it, and um, that's not how social media works anymore it's all about content so if you want to get into this space then you have to make sure that you have enough content um so plan out like three months the minimum of uh, fresh content what is it i said oh wow oh yeah yeah about three months minimum and you don't want to just like if you want to do really really well you don't post just like once a day you want to post like three times a day because it's all Mm -hmm. about content now and you have to make sure that you have enough because every social media platform wants you to use all of their um their products so like for instance on instagram they want you to use insta story they want you to use live instagram and not only just live for five minutes they want you to be on there for a minimum of 30 minutes so be prepared to have Mm -hmm. things to talk about they want you to um you know they want you to post uh, video, not just video, but they want you to post also Instagram TV, you know, like they want you to, they want you to use everything that their platform can provide, um, providing, um, same with Facebook, you know, if you want to do good, you have to use all of their products, um, same with YouTube, you want to do good, you have to use all of the products, like that's basically kind of like um, the plan of action. If you want to grow, you have to be ready to have that kind of like manpower to pump out all this content and be engaged with every single one of their products.
1: No, that's good. I'd love to add to that too, based off of what you shared in your story, like how you started out, I can tell you're very observant and you did like a lot of reverse engineering of like what other YouTubers were doing or people like were doing in the community. Um, that really helped you. I felt like, grow your brands and your community. And I feel like a lot of people, a lot of creatives don't do that. They kind of just want to be creative and like just put create and put things out there. So I think it's cool, you know, like having to plan, making sure you have enough content, making sure you're, you know, diversing yourself on the platforms, but then also just reverse engineering and being observant of like what other people are doing that kind of are where you want to be or are doing like seeing some success or virality in whatever their content is and seeing how you can kind of use pieces of that to um, build your brand and your success. Yeah, for sure. Um,
0: I, you know, I don't like, I, you know, I gone to a lot of these um, meetings and these are the things that I've learned about from talking to people and also talking to the staff members, you know, Mm. um, that works for these platforms. I don't do these, like, I don't, like, practice these steps myself, although um, I have seen them proven to be, you know, well-success for many channels, mm-hmm. just because for my personal, where I am personally, and my personal journey, that's not my, that's, you know, that's not my main, um, that's, it's not my main thing right now, you know, um, mm-hmm. but if you want to meet that as part of, like, who you're going to be and you know if you want to invest that time into it um that's where it's it's at but at the same time you also want to uh kind of like make sure that it's coming from a place of like being a genuine person you're not going to put out this character um because that's not going to have a lasting effect
1: for the long Mm. run for sure no, that's, that's so good, girl. Thank you for sharing all of this. I have to ask you, like, what, what's next yeah. for you? I know you said that, um, I, well, I saw that you were working on, like, the co-creative minds, if you want to share on that, or yeah. if there's any other exciting things that listeners can look forward to seeing from you. What, what yes, that you're
0: the like- so co-creative. Cool, yeah so um thank you uh, cocreativeminds.com is just a website that i have been working on it's more of a passion project it's an evolution of creative minds project um so creative minds is a, a journal that i designed and it was a passion project of mine uh during you know my youtube days um i worked on it because uh journaling was just so fun for me it helped me just slow down and kind of like go back within and calm my mind and understand about my my mindset a little bit more and Mm -hmm. um the way that i design creative minds journal is so that way people can understand between their creative mind thinking and their um analytical uh, way of thinking and um how you know they can find that balance between the two um so i you know after doing it for uh last year i just learned that you know product like physical products it's just something that I personally just do not enjoy doing <laughs> um, so I evolved that into something that anybody can do that's more accessible um, is just to have like e- either a pdf version or a, um, a printable version that you can print online and these are worksheets. Um, I find that with journaling, what I enjoy with journaling is just to write freely. I don't like to, um, the way that I journal now is like, I don't draw things. I don't like make grids or anything anymore. I just like to free write. And, um, but I do enjoy worksheets and I feel work, like worksheets will help uh, people a lot with different ways on how to just let go of that, um, let go of that, you know, that, uh, that analytical side you know that mm-hmm. overthinker, and just allow their allow themselves to like flow a little bit better and so I'm working on these worksheets on co so that way people can like enjoy that part of like um awareness and um, mindfulness that's, so that's really cool these are like passion projects um they're fun I want to make sure that I enjoy doing this um and maybe it'll bring me to my next big project. But something that I'm learning to do too um is to slow down. (laughs) Like I mentioned (laughs) earlier. Yeah. You just slow down. Um and that's my main focus is just to learn how to be okay with slowing down.
1: I love that girl. Thank you so much for sharing all your (laughs) wisdom and your story. Like this was so (laughs) awesome. I'm gonna have Uh all your links and everything in the show description and on the website. Um, but yeah, thank you so much, girl. Thank you, Giovanna. <laughs> if you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, listen to a couple more episodes and share it with a fellow Gangstar creative. I would also be forever grateful if you left a review letting me know what you loved and what you'd like to hear more of. And as a thank you for leaving me a review, I'll gift you both my 10 ways to create a Gangstar brand PDF and five ways to boost your online sales PDF. Just screenshot your review and DM me the picture on Instagram at Devonna Stimson, and I'll send it right over to you. Until next time, cheers to annihilating the status quo of the starving artist.